Good evening, everybody. This is Julia, the leader of the Fantasy Book Club, brought to you by Accessible World, and um, me and the participants. Uh, I believe we started a new um, format to try to get the meetings a bit longer, and we had a book that we were going to read. I mean, hold on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a book that we had read a long time ago and we're going to summarize but not reread and then a new book that we would read so that we would still have the ultimate reading total kept at one book a month um so do we want to start with the new books or the old books ah uh. I don't care. <laughs> I don't really care either. I guess we'll just start with the new books and then go back to the old books. So the book that I read this time was, like we have mentioned so many times before, I am thoroughly tired of new fantasy books. And, oh, that reminds me, I should ask my sister-in-law. She recommended something and I forgot what it was. Maybe I'll email the list. Um, but I went back to Mercedes Lackey because she's one of my favorite authors. And I hadn't read the duology about Albrecht, the weapons master. So I started with Exile's um, Honor. And he's from Kars, which I think is a neighboring, um, I guess they're like city-states or something. I'm not really sure how her Veldemar world is organized. But it's next to Valdemar and... He has a bit of force, uh, oh shoot, I get those mixed up. I think foresight, and I think he has empathic tendencies. And basically, um, oh my gosh, I should not have split this book. I started reading it, and then I stopped, and then I started reading it again. Um, I believe he basically was almost killed by his... Um, because like the son, one of his son priests, which is the religion that he was sworn to, and then he's rescued by a companion. And for those of you who have not read Mercedes Lackey's books, there are people who are chosen by companions. They're basically, well, they're like horses, but they're almost like spirit horses. I'm not doing a good job of explaining it. They're more like they they're like horses with people intelligence and they're all white and they they choose people to become heralds and heralds basically administer justice uh, in various ways throughout the land of uh, Valdemar. So he gets chosen to become a herald and then he ends up basically being torn between uh, Valdemar and Kars because they are at war and I read most of the book. I got four hours from the end of it. I, I think it's pretty good. It's not one of her best works, but it's pretty solid. So maybe somebody will enjoy that if they like Mercedes Lackey. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like Mercedes Lackey. I've read the, um, uh, you know, the basic trilogy, what the arrows of the queen and the, um, Oh yeah. You know, all those. I've read those. Um, but I haven't read the side books. Uh, oh, okay. I've read just about everything she's ever written. 
So I'm saving the last few for emergency reads. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I didn't read any fantasy this uh, this month because oops, I was well. I got involved in a couple of mysteries, and then I then uh, <laughs> I finished up the Honor Harrington series again. And um, oh, and I and I um, I found two more um, books by Elizabeth Moon that are science fiction, not fantasy, but science fiction. So I read those, and so I figured I'd talk about uh, the C.S. Lewis science fiction slash fantasy series. And um, I'll just talk briefly. There, there are three books that are interconnected. And the first book, Out of the Silent Planet, is the one that is most science fiction-like, okay? Because this guy gets kidnapped and he is taken to Mars and of course since this was written in the 40s you know there's no uh, there's some knowledge about Mars how it really is but there isn't a whole lot so uh, C.S. Lewis you know just paints a picture of Mars as he imagines it and um, the guy gets kidnapped and he is there on Mars. And the reason he was kidnapped was because the Martians had requested of his kidnappers that they bring to them a person from Earth. So they just scooped him up and brought him in the spaceship to Mars. And he ends up becoming a friend of the Martians. And uh, Lewis creates a world where there are several races of Martians. And uh, he learns about all of them. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's an adventure story. He's on a quest to go back home. He wants to go back home. Um, and uh, he <laughs> he has many adventures along the way, but he does eventually get back home. So, and then the second book, which um, uh, is called Paralandra, is all about Venus. And again, um, Lewis imagines Venus as a water world and which it isn't but <laughs> you know I mean this is back in the 1940s so you have to give him license and what he does in this book and this gets a little more toward the fantasy uh, he creates a world that is sort of like Eden the Garden of Eden 
And the whole premise behind this book is that um, it is time for uh, the Adam and Eve of Venus to have their test and how they are going to um, meet the test and either pass it or not pass it. You know, just like Adam and Eve did on Earth. And, you know, so he's, Lewis is making a statement here, a Christian apologetic, you might say, but it's not, it doesn't hit you over the head. I mean, it's there and you know it and you understand it and it's there. But, um, you know, you, it's part of the story. So the same guy from the first book ends up going to Venus and he goes there because he's been summoned um, by the angel of Venus and the angel of Mars. And um, I call them angels. The word that Lewis uses in the trilogy is not angel, but essentially He's talking about angels. And so um, so he is there to be the catalyst for this test that the Adam and Eve of Venus are supposed to go through and what happens to them and so forth. And, of course, the world is very beautiful and it's, it's – um, very warm and pleasant and nice breezes and beautiful water and and uh, beautiful fruit that just falls into the hand, you know, like Eden, very much like Eden. So, but then we come to the third book in the trilogy. And this, I think, is the most interesting book in the whole thing. And the, okay, you've you've got, the same guy from the other two books, his name is Ransom, Arthur Ransom, and you've got him. And he, in this book, is ensconced in a big house on top of a hill, and he is the mover and shaker behind all of the good people in the book. And the main character in... That hideous strength is, what's his name? Mark, I think. Um, ah, yes, Mark Studdick. And Mark um, is this young guy, and, you know, he's got this job um, at the college. He's a, a adjunct professor or whatever. And he, he, the whole thing starts so uh, ordinarily. I mean, just so, uh, you know, it's just like an ordinary book. It starts with, you know, a college and it starts with the politics surrounding the professors in the college and who's going to do what. And, you know, all about the college um, renovations and so forth and so on. And then what you find out is that behind all of this ordinariness, is that some of the people in the college are working for an organization which is promoting evil. And Mark Studdick is uh, 
he's caught up in the in the whole business and he goes to their place the the place where the 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 guild is which is promoting evil and destruction and so forth and he begins to learn evil in the sense of he gets employed by these people because he he wants to fit in he wants to um well because he wants to fit in and um he discovers all of a sudden that what he's actually trying to fit into is a big evil Anybody there? Hello. Hi. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was weird. It just and just cut out. I mean, I had to rejoin because I couldn't hear. Yeah, same here. Hmm. I think Anne left too. I don't know. I'm not the host, so I didn't think me leaving would disrupt things. But now it says recording stopped, so I'm not sure if we'll actually have a meeting. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, Anne's trying to deal with it, so. Yeah. Not going to call her. <laughs> yeah, you know your technology isn't working. You don't need me to tell you about it. <laughs> right. Maybe Jaws crashed it. Maybe. Mm. Oh my gosh, you sound like you're about to get feedback. Mm. Um, yeah, like now you're muffled. Maybe I'll just keep turning you up. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can okay. hear. Yeah. yeah, you just sound like your audio is really degraded for some reason. I'm not... 
I'm oh. not sure. I'm at my I'm at my friend's house, so I'm not sure what the internet connection is like here. Mm. Should be good though. I don't. Maybe we'll just stick around a few minutes in case she comes back. Mm. You can just do your little typey thing. <laughs> Host.me recording stopped. What? I, I didn't think I was the host. I'm seriously confused. I don't know how to record it if I am because I thought Anne was the host. But it says Julia Kulak video stopped. Mm. Recording stopped. Host.me. And I'm like, but I. I tried to sign up for hosting and they said they had enough, so I don't know how that would have even happened. <laughs> this is just full of nonsensical stuff. Dear, I wonder what happened. Yeah. This is our first month with the new system, too. <laughs> right. I think I read a science fiction novel instead of a fantasy one, then for the other one. I'm not sure. Do dystopian worlds fall under science fiction? Apparently, they do. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, I would say unless it has something that, you know, is obviously impossible, then I would consider it science fiction. Yeah, okay. Oops. Or like, you know, a supernatural element. Yeah, okay. See, like, for me, if it's on another world, it's fantasy, but I guess that's not really. Well, I guess, yeah, you could argue that. <laughs> No, I think I have a looser definition of fantasy than most people will, because Anne and I have run into that. Where she's mm -hmm. like, well, no, it's sci-fi. And I'm like, well, I think it's fantasy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I kind of get into trouble with that sometimes, because I read books that are another world. So, you know, if it's on another world, for me, it's always fantasy. But then I guess technically it's not really, because there aren't any typical fantasy elements there. It's just on a different world. I mean, well, since you say that, I can think of, like, at least one series that, um, I guess, it, it's kind of like an alternate history, except that it's on a fictional world, so, and I consider that to be fantasy, even though there's, like, no magic or anything. Right. Yeah, because this one's on a fictional world, and it's... It's not an alternate history, but it's just a different society. Mm. I guess I might as well tell you about it since I don't know if that's coming. <laughs> that's called Flawed by Cecilia Ahern. And it's, I guess it's a young adult book, um, but it's Celestine North is a very logical person and 
on this this world. If you make one bad decision, you're in a whole different category of people called flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book is called Flawed, and she's dating the uh, the son of the judge, and um, I think she's only like 17 or something. And she decides to help um, an old man on the bus who like is struggling to breathe, and but he has a flawed label, and she will not back down, and so she's branded flawed, and basically her whole life changes because now she's in this other category of people and it's really restrictive like they have to check in with people that they're called the whistleblowers once a day to make sure they're following the flawed rules and they can only eat certain food shop at certain places in the grocery store and they have to sit in different seats on the bus and so now there's like her who's flawed and the rest of her family who aren't and now they kind of have to exist in two different worlds within the same world. Wow. So it's kind of crazy. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's on Bard. Um, I don't know if there's a sequel. That was the next thing I was going to look up. But I'd read that one a long time ago and I remembered it, so figured I should read it again. For some reason, I didn't get through that either. Do not know what is up with me in fantasy books this month. Hmm. I guess between going to uh, North Carolina for my boyfriend's niece's wedding and getting my cross-strung harp, I was kind of distracted. <laughs> but that didn't come until the end of the month, so I really should have read the book. I think I got a bit too complacent. I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's not happening. That is not a good leader example. (laughs) Don't do as I do. Just do as I say. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How long do you want to... Oh, Anne's calling me. Okay. Okay, well...
Hi. Hello. Okay, so Anne can't come back because your computer died, so I figure we can just have an unofficial impromptu meeting and chat about fantasy books. Okay. Because it is Fantasy Book Club. So what books did you read and re-summarize? Okay. Well, this month I've been rereading um, the Wheel of Time series. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, I know that's not most people's cup of tea, but I like it. Mostly like it anyway. Yeah. And, well, okay, I'm not, like, reading it, you know, from beginning to end. Because, okay. you know, there are... Some of the characters are just really boring to me. So I <laughs> skip their chapters. And, I mean, I already know what happens. But, right. you know, I'm, there are, like, a couple of the characters that I really love. And I just want to keep reading about them. Right. I wish there were more books, actually, but no, it's fine. Um, I don't know. There's not, like, I don't think I can really say. No, it's really complicated. It's one of yeah. those crazy epics. I've, heard, I've watched other people read it, and that made me decide not to read it. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, like, 15 books, and it's, like, in an insane number of characters and like you said some of them are boring and I think the fourth book is basically completely skippable because it's all about the boring characters right yeah. so I mean a book that I read in the past that I really liked and I can definitely summarize is um, it's Going Postal by Terry Pratchett um, it is uh, set in the Discworld series, I guess. Oh, but, yeah, they're funny. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the, there are several, like, kind of shorter little series that follow um, their own groups of characters. And um, Going Postal is, like, the first book that follows um, Moist Von Lipwig. And, um, what kind of yeah. a name is that? That is a ridiculous name. Should be lip balm moist wig. <laughs> anyway, um, well, it starts out with um, he is in prison uh, the morning of he's uh, sentenced to um, be executed, and oh my because gosh. yeah, he's a um, he's a con artist, and oh, okay. um, yeah, he's caught Stop. for something or other you know and well as um he does actually get hanged but then he wakes oh, up <laughs> he wakes up and um the uh patrician of the city or like whatever the ruler of the city um you know, tells him that his old identity as a con artist, um, but it, of course he was using a fake name, and he, right, because, well, his name is ridiculous. 
to one thing. <laughs> and anyway, so the um, the patrician tells him that that man is dead, and so he offers Moist a job <laughs> fixing up um, the post office, which is, you know, been like old and decrepit and like it's been kind of abandoned for years and you know um it's basically closed and um so he um he's so of course he agrees because the only alternative is to actually die and so (laughs) yeah so he um starts working there and um you know he decides that you know he's only going to stay there as long as it takes for him to find some way to escape but um uh he has a um parole officer uh that is a golem you know and they never sleep and they don't have to eat or like stop doing anything they don't have lives basically so oh my gosh. it's like following him 24 <laughs> 7 so he can't really you know do Get anything away. yeah he can't he's kind of forced to um stay there and try to make the best of the situation with the post office and so as he's um working there he kind of um Come well. He uh, comes in contact with a woman who. Um, yeah. Okay, that's kind of hard to describe, but um, she, her. Well. Yeah, um, her brother had worked for um, a. Well, what is basically a telegraph, I guess. It's a telegraph company. Okay. Yeah. And um, and he was uh, killed um, by oh, no. uh, the new owners of the company. I mean, it's Uh-oh. you know obvious, but not like legally, you know, provable that they okay. killed him in order to take over his company. And Man, so yeah. you're gonna kill somebody. It's gotta be for something better than that. Well, it's a whole lot of money, so well, that's what people want. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So you know, Moist is doing his. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's hard to say his name. That laughing, but um, he's doing his best to kind of get the post office back up and running and well he also um finds out that the last like five five uh people to have um his job to or to basically do what he's trying to do or to try to do what he is doing um they have all died in mysterious circumstances oh no yeah of course he's worried about that and, right. Yeah. 
And, you know, the guy really wants him to die, so he's going to give him a job where he's going to get killed. <laughs> well, or the ruler of the... I mean, the probably. ruler wants his city to work properly. And so he's oh, actually... Okay. He is hoping that, um, you know, the post office will get, you know, all fixed up somehow. Um, so, but anyway... Um, so the guy that's um, in charge of the um, the telegraph company um, is also um, it's he, that's basically the uh, biggest competition for the post office uh, because people think you know why why would they need the post office if they can just you know send, send a telegraph yeah across the country and if. <laughs> That's not even counting the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, of course, um, when the new people took over the telegraph, they were like cutting corners, and so you know to try and keep as much money as they can. But um, right. so then the, uh, the telegraph keeps breaking down, and um, Morse kind of you know tries to take advantage of that as much as he can, and. And, he, and eventually there's this um, big uh, competition that he suggests um, that um, both the post office and the telegraph company will try to get a message across the continent. And whoever um, gets the message over there first uh, will win. And well, okay. <laughs> okay yeah, don't tell me the whole story. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What's gonna happen? But anyway, it's a great. I like the book, and it's very. Of course, it's funny, but um, because of course it also means going crazy, going postal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that sounds like fun. I've never read any of Terry Pratchett's books. I'm not really sure why. Well, I think I started to read one yeah. about death. Yeah, I don't know. I would say there's a lot of, like, there's, the quality is not really consistent across all of the books oh, okay. in those series. So, I mean, but there are, like, maybe five to ten of them that I will reread over and over again. Oh, okay. But I mean, there are, I think there's like maybe 30 or 40 books set in that world and oh, like about half of them I've read once and had no desire to read again. Oh, okay. And then yeah. so yeah. So well, half of them aren't so great. <laughs> Well, cool. It's been nice chatting, even if the majority of our um, our meeting was not recorded. <laughs> right. And don't know what happened to Marshall. Yeah. That's kind of funky. Sent the reminder and didn't show up. Right. Maybe he fell asleep again. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, well, see you next month. Yep.
or hopefully the new system will work better along with the technology. Yeah. So, bye. All right. Bye.